How are we doing? My name's Andrew. We're in the community center. It's awesome. Uh, it is exciting, yeah. But, it, but the, the danger of community center or any sort of setting like this is that we become a little bit too formal, right? We just get, in, we get back into formal. We've been meeting in, um, because of the COVID restrictions and stuff, we've actually been meeting in homes. And it's been lovely, just kind of lounge room. It's like, oh, how you doing? And um, so this is, this is as formal as we've been in a very long time, actually, isn't it? So be relaxed. I know you can't put your feet up. Don't take your shoes off. They're probably going to smell. There you go, Lena's, <laughs> Lena's modeling, being relaxed. Um, yeah, so I'm Andrew. Sarah and my... Hi, Mick. <laughs> um, Sarah and I um, have the privilege of leading this church. Uh, so if, you, uh, if you're new here, that's, that's kind of what happens. What are we about? We're, we're kind of, that was our slogan for a while, learning from Jesus how to live life here. That sounds pretty good. We're, we're about Jesus. We're, we're a bunch of recovering non-Jesus followers, I guess. <laughs> learning, how to, learning how to follow Jesus. So if you're, yeah, wherever you are on that, on that journey in terms of following Jesus, like hopefully this is a place where you can actually ask your questions, um, explore what that might look like um, with some people who, some people who know less than you, which is good, <laughs> and some people that know more of you. Um, but it's, I think the, the thing about following Jesus is that it's like a trade. It's not like a degree. Um, it's like a trade. So you, you do it through getting your hands busy. Um, you don't do it through just thinking about it. And I know Sarah started this, um, and she was talking about trust, and trust is the, is the key thing and all that. Uh, so I'm supposed to be talking. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I wanted to, do you guys know the, you know the council building in Hornsby? You know the, where the council building is? Yeah. Just, just opposite the, the Hornsby Park? And do you know that they put, they put a, I think they put a tree up every year, and then they put um, a three-letter word up every year? Joy. Yeah, there you go. That was my next question. So, so, so yeah, there's, there's the big, do you know the, the big, and they think they sit the letters on the, on the brick fence or something like that. Anyway. Sorry? I don't think they put the tree up. Is it? They just put lights on the tree? Okay, so it's a real tree but fake letters. Or okay. <laughs> okay, they're real letters. Um, so so they put joy up there, right? And then if you go to like if you get a Christmas card or something like that, you're probably gonna have some message of joy and maybe peace and on it. Um, if you go to the store, which I really avoid at this time of year, avoid it generally, but I'm sure there's something about joy and they usually throw in the word peace right that that kind of goes and any other Christmassy buzzwords that's usually goodwill okay goodwill yeah um, any other Christmassy buzzwords you've got Noel yeah what does that mean right Noel yeah um, but I think it's 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 interesting right because we come to this time of year and um, it seems like there's a lot of like, they, they, there are these buzzwords, and there's a lot of weight on this time of year. It's like, like, I read that joy word, and I'm like, is that a command? <laughs> it's like, might as well be enjoy. It's like, or is it, is it an observation? Like, what's the council saying with that word, joy? <laughs> or is it like, actually, in here is joy. Man, this is amazing, right? Whatever's going on in the council, I don't know, post-election, whether there's joy or not, but, um, but there's something going on that's, that's joyful. And I don't know. And it's like, people, people come to this time of the year... And it's just stacked with, you will be full of goodwill. You will, be, you will experience peace. You will, 
And then you've got you know, the, a whole bunch of end of year things. And then you've got, I don't, I don't know culturally how you celebrate Christmas, but usually in terms of there's, there's something, there's some sort of family thing in some form um, and there are gifts given. But I'm like, well, how is this any different to Mother's Day? I mean, we all get to, typically, if, you've, if you've, you usually get together on Mother's Day and maybe you'll give some gifts. And yet no one on Mother's Day is saying, joy and peace and, and goodwill. Like, what is it about Christmas that's just kind of stacked up with this, with this intense emotional load on it? Um, and, depending on your family, I would suggest that perhaps those emotional expectations are not met through Christmas, typically. <laughs> like, when you, when you speak to some people about, are you looking forward to Christmas Day? They look at you like, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of that relative, and I'm thinking of that cost, and I'm thinking of, and, and Christmas is like this, actually, some people, and, and obviously, it's a time for grief as well, right? It's, it's, you have that, that sense of, if you, particularly if you're sitting around a table with family members and family members are gone, and then there's that, it's, a, it's a time of real mixed grief as well. It's, it can actually be a very lonely and hard time of year for people. But our culture seems to just still be on about joy and peace. And, um, and yet, um, something also seems to be missing in that. Because it, like, it seems like to me that our culture's picked up joy, peace, goodwill, and gone, we really want those things, but we don't but we want, and we want to experience those things, but we don't want to talk about the why of Christmas. So we want the emotional experience of Christmas, but we don't want the why of Christmas, if that makes sense. Because when I was younger, Dave and I were talking about this, there was a time when we were both younger, and, um, and when I was younger, they had these things that were everywhere on Christmas cards, in shopping centres, um, in you know, the, you know, the Christmas lights thing and houses. They were everywhere. And there were these things called nativity scenes. I don't know if you know what a nativity scene is, but a nativity scene is, it's, there's, there's usually at the centre of the, the nativity scene is this baby, and then there's a mum, and there's a dad, and then you've usually got some you get some shepherds in there, and if it's a full stack nativity scene, and I have a, I have a friend who actually collects nativity scenes, um, and, 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 and she's got like, you know, a lot of nativity scenes, and so, and, and she's got ones made of olive, you know, olive wood from Israel, etc., etc. And and you can get full stack nativity scenes, like you can have the basic, but then you can go for the premium option, and, and you, you, can, you can get the wise men involved, um, there are a whole bunch of things that you put into these nativity scenes. You get animals, you get a lot of animals in, into nativity scenes. Um, and so these, these nativity scenes used to be a thing. And now when I go to Westfield, there's, there's usually one, right? I don't know who it is, but there's a holdout. <laughs> and it's like, damn it, we're putting the kid in the... You know, there's a holdout. But everywhere else, it's completely stripped of it. And people just say, no, no, joy and peace and goodwill. Come on, get your goodwill on. Well, what do I need to do? I need to drink more. Apparently, we're the drunkest country in the world. You heard, saw that statistic this, this, this week? Oh, oh, it's a thing. We're the drunkest country in the world. We get drunk more than any other country in the world, apparently. So it's like, get your goodwill on. Just get drunk. 
Like, do something, feel something good and Christmassy. But we've, and, and so we put that load on ourselves, and we put that load on our events, we put that load on our kids and everything to try to feel these things. But we've, I think we've removed the why. And so what I want to suggest to you is that we can't experience those things of Christmas, that joy, that peace, um, really without thinking about the why. Um, so I wanted to look at the why. Why, why Christmas? Like, why is, what's, why, why has, why have, why have, since Christmas has been celebrated, why have joy and peace and goodwill been the hallmarks of this thing? What's going on? So, I'm going to read some, somewhere from the Bible. So, if you've got a Bible on you, I don't know if you've got one, people will pull out their phones because we didn't bring any Bibles today. So, but I'm going to read for, from um, one of the, there are a couple of accounts in the Bible of Jesus' life, and, and they're, they're called the Gospels, and one of them is called the Gospel of John. And so this is right at the beginning of that. And uh, so there's, in chapter 1, and I'll, I'll, read, I'll, read, I'll read quite a bit of this. So in the beginning, so he's quite poetic, John. Okay, so, this, so put on your poetry ears. Um, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And then verse 10, He, so this is the Word, came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become physical, children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Boom. So that is a very poetic telling of the Christmas story. That basically, and, and you can see what John, if, you're, if you know the, the first, first verse of the Bible in, in Genesis is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so John uses that language again at the start. He's like, in the beginning, the word already existed. And so the word in this story is actually Jesus. In, the, in this poem, it's actually Jesus. And he's saying, so the person who created everything, this person, the creator of everything, so everything we see, everyone that ever was and ever, whoever will be, all the, my astronomy books tell me there are 70 billion trillion stars. Uh, I think that's, that's the latest count so far. Um, rounded up or down, I don't know, but there are a lot of stars. That, that person, that person who created sea turtles, we saw a sea turtle yesterday, which was unbelievably beautiful that when we were on a holiday, the person that created sea turtles and created your hand and the complexity of your hand, that person became a baby. Bonkers. Sorry? Bonkers. Completely bonkers. I mean, you've got to look at yourself, look, look around the room and go, do we believe this? Is this what we actually believe? Like, because it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. 
like if indeed the one who created all and you know so if the one who created all that there is saturn jupiter um you know the milky everything who who and who, who created all that if Hmm. Became a baby? Well, that's the beginning for, for anybody, right? So if you want to be here, you have to be a baby. Otherwise, you, you take someone who is not yeah. divine and you change them straight away, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess... It's more bonkers. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I guess theoretically you could have turned up an ad, as an adult, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where life begins, right? That's where humans begin. So, yeah, so what this is saying is that he came, the, that person came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. Um, and it's, a, it's an interesting thing with the Christmas story. Like, um, there are these you, see these, you see these really big responses to this. This person comes and... It's really interesting. They know all the people that, that hear about this baby, they, 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 go, they go two of one, two directions. People understand that there's something about this baby which is incredibly significant. Not everyone understands who this baby is, but they understand there's something about, significant about it. So what you, what you see is you see the local authorities, when they hear about the, th the, the birth of Jesus, committing infanticide. So they kill all the babies under two. They're terrified, right? So, they, so they're not saying, joy, peace. <laughs> Their Christmas emotion is one of fear and threat. And they're, I'm going to take this guy out before he ruins my party. So they understood there was something about this person, this, this, this baby Jesus, that they knew that this thing, this, this, this person is a, is a threat to my universe. He's <laughs> a threat to how I like things to be. I'm in a good place right now. He's a threat. I will eliminate him. But then the other response, obviously, is which you see with, with the shepherds, which you see with um, a whole bunch of people on that, is just one of absolute joy. <laughs> and God sends some angels down. Like, there's not much. Like, for God arriving, it's pretty, it's pretty low-key. Like, they don't, they don't throw, a, throw a big party. It's just, you know, have some, look, let's put some angels for singing. But that's about it. There's a bit of a star that does a bit on the story as well, and that's why we have stars everywhere. But generally, it's pretty low-key. But those that, those that get a sense of what's going on here, like Mary, Sarah talked about Mary, like they're just like, oh, they're in awe. They're in absolute awe. And there's a real humility and, 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 and beauty in, how, in who God chooses to reveal that to. The shepherds. The 14-year-old girl, like <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff. He just, he just, he's not, he doesn't go to the king's and say, hey, I'm here. He goes to the, the poor and reveals himself to it. So to them. So, so it's, yeah, so there's this, there's this kind of these two different responses. And um, there's, you know, rejection, as I, as I said, those that he came to his own people and even they rejected him. Like the, the emotional, like the, res, the response to that, the experience of that rejection is one of, Increasing paranoia, right? So that the, the people that hate Jesus, um, they become increasingly paranoia, paranoid. They try to kill him as a baby and then they end up killing him as an adult, right? They just, their, their hatred against him just mounts. 
their bitterness, their division, their, like, it's, it's, it's horrible um, what they experience. But then, as I said, the, the complete alternative to that is these people that, that do two things. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So they did two things. They believed in him and they accepted him as he was. Because you go, why do people reject Jesus? Why did they? I mean, God, God came. He moved into the neighborhood. God came. Why, did they, why would you reject God? And uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that God did not look like they wanted God to look. And I'll, I'll have God on my own terms, thank you. I don't want God to have me on his terms. <laughs> and um, and well, I think... I worry because I wouldn't have picked up that he was, was God. I would have tended to, you know, yeah. I would have thought, I've never been taught this. This can't be right. No one expected that, really. There were, there, were, there, were, there, were story, like there were prophecies about a child will come, and there was, there was a sense of it. But really, we, we often fail to recognize God in our midst, just as people. We're always looking. We always want God to be like how we think he should be, and then he turns up in a way that's different, and it's like, what do I do with that? Um, so, but the, um, as I said, the people that... The people that believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So this, was, this, was, this, is, this, is, this is John trying to put the Christmas story right into a little packet, into a concentrated packet and go, this is what it is. So God came. Why did he come? Well, he came to save. Jesus means God saves. So he didn't come to, you know, he could have come down and gone, I guess, thrown lightning bolts and gotten very... Like we're, we're, we're listening to the, um, the Odyssey at the moment, you know, by Homer at the moment. And I'm understanding more about Greek gods than I've ever understood. But they're very um, human. <laughs> they get up to all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and they get, they're very tempestuous and they get moody and they go boom, 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 boom. But actually Jesus is nothing like those Greek gods. He comes and he... Um, and just comes in a way that people couldn't, couldn't accept, but there were some that recognized him um, and, believed in, and believed in him. And they accepted him on his terms, so he accepted them. Do you know what I mean? Like when they accepted him for who he was, he accepted them. And he gave them this gift to be his children. And they were reborn, not as a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but as a birth that comes from God. Um, there's, this, there's this line in this, and I guess, you know, we, we sing a lot of Christmas carols at this time, and, the, and there's this line that, from one of the Christmas carols that says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And that's how you experience Christmas peace and Christmas joy. It's actually acknowledging that the earth has a king. It's not Elon Musk. I know Elon Musk would like to think it's Elon Musk, the techno king, but it's not him. And he will pass like all the other kings have passed. But the earth has a king and the king came. And he came in a form that no one recognized. But he said for those who actually saw him and recognized and accepted him for who he was, he accepted them as they were, welcomed them and made them his children. 
Because this beautiful thing happened. God moved from sovereign and boss to father. And I don't know, I don't know, what, your, I don't know what your experience of God is. I don't know if you've got a, a, a kind of God's out there <laughs> sort of thing. And he's kind of like, well, he's, he's a divinity out there, I guess, somewhere. Um, but God came close in Jesus and said, I, I want to be your father. And he just said, look, I give that to you freely. I'm going to be your father. And I'm going to give you this gift, which is called rebirth. He said, it doesn't matter what, what happened, what's happened in your life. It does not matter. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. I'll give you this gift of rebirth now, if you just accept me as I am. You can come and be born again. And he said, my spirit, I will give you my spirit and you will be born again as my child. Now, there are very wise people. When Jesus said born again to these wise people in Israel, they're like, what does that mean? So if you're wondering, what does that mean? Fair enough. That's a very, <laughs> and Jesus answers really well. It's like, you know, those things that are born of the spirit, you know, don't... and he gives some poetic answer. And it didn't really make much sense anyway. But the point being that you can, you can start again. You can start again and you can shift, your identity can shift completely away from who I am or what, like what I have, what I've done, who people say I am, it could shift to being located in the, in the love and the care of God. As I said, you can be born again right there. God is calling. Um, so, so you can be born again. So, and then there's, the, there's you know, a couple, of, a couple of, many years ago when we first went to Kazakhstan, which I, and I think I, I was thinking, have I told this story? I don't know. But we were, we were living in this apartment Life was very difficult. We were this Kazakh family. It was crazy. And things were not like there were, you know, 10 of them in the, in the apartment and living on the living room. They gave us the little bedroom, two meter by two meter bedroom. And anyway, it was nuts. And we were learning Kazakh and I had no Kazakh and they had no English. And it was very crazy. But anyway, it was Sarah's birthday. Like, damn it, I'm going to go get something nice, right? So we're living in you know, Siberia, right? Like, so it's, it's cold and it's, there's not a lot of nice stuff. I go out, I find a shop that has flowers and chocolates, lint chocolates, mind you, German chocolates, I'm awesome. And I feel so good about myself because I've actually been able to use my very, very, very small Kazakh to actually purchase this stuff, right? And I come back and I, I, to the apartment. It's just, I mean, this is sort of three months into living there, right? It's, it's all very new. And um, I come back to the apartment and I'm stoked. I've got, the, I've got these flowers and, and, um, and chocolates. And the family's very, very poor, like super poor. And they look at the chocolates. And I, I'm, I just present this here. I'm like, this is awesome, you know. And they're like, how much were the chocolates? <laughs> I'm so offended. You don't, you know, I'm in Australia. Like, you do not ask how much a gift is. Now, I know in Kazakhstan you do, but, but like, in, in Australia you don't do that. I'm just completely offended, right? And I know I've spent a wild amount of money on these chocolates that, that probably would have been the rent for the month. Like it was, I mean, it was a lot of, you know, but I was just so offended. How dare you ask the cost? And, you know, like this gift that Jesus gives to us, he comes to, he comes to humanity and says, I will, I will forgive everything 
nothing matters of what you've done, just start afresh with me as, as my child. You know, I want to invite you to be rude and go, well, what did that cost? Because <laughs> it's like Jesus gives freely, but it cost him dearly. And there's this, there's this verse in, um, in Hebrews 2.18. Now, I don't know how you're feeling about life, the universe, and everything, and death. I don't, we don't really talk about death much. <laughs> but but here's, here's something that they say. It's in Hebrews 2. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, says Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So Jesus came, he lived, and then he died. And in, there was something about him giving his life as a sacrifice that actually made it possible for us all to be forgiven and to walk afresh as his children, unafraid of death. So Christmas is a celebration of the joy that we have to become his children and then the peace that we have when we look at death. I don't need to fear death anymore because Jesus was killed, but then he was resurrected and shown to be victorious over death and life, victorious over everything. And he said, when you put your trust in me, you do not have to fear death anymore. You can be free. You don't have to be its slave. You can walk free. You can live full lives, confident, that I have you. And when you, when you die, you'll, after that point, you'll be resurrected again to live with me forever. You'll be my children forever. Uh, that, that's a lot of information. We're not going to unpack all that. But that's, that's the joy and the peace of Christmas, right? That's, the, that's it. And the beautiful thing about this, because let's be honest, this has been a, I was going to swear, but it's been, it's, 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 been, it's been a pretty hard year, right? Like, it's been a hard year. And nothing has really gone as any of us have wanted it to be, right? And, when, and now we, we look at the next year, it's like, well, chances are it's probably going to be something like that because this thing has got way more twists in the turns than we want it to be. And all the things that we've kind of hung our lives on in terms of we like that, we enjoy that, that's stable, that, it's all been stripped away. So how, at this time of the year, do we ever find joy and peace? And what, what the gospel, what this message is, God comes to us and says, guys, there's a different thing to hang your hat on. There's a different seabed to drive your anchor into, and it's, it's the person of Jesus. And it's this gift. You can be his children and not fear death anymore. That's where joy and peace come from. Now, I hope that was what the council's talking about, but I don't think it is. So, so, I, don't know where, so I don't know where you're up to. I really don't know. In, in your walk with God? Or like maybe, you, maybe you're kind of just kind of skirting things, just kind of, ah, oh, I don't know. And I know a lot of our culture just kind of holds the whole thing. We, 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 we put the baby in, in a glass case and we put it, and we, we just keep it a long way away. And we think, oh, I'm not one of those threatened by Jesus. I just, I just don't know anything. I don't, I'm not interested. But I want to suggest to you that that's actually passive aggression. <laughs> it's like getting, I'm not going to knife Jesus. I'm going to hold a big pole and just keep him at a distance. It's the same thing. Your creator came to love you. You're made for your creator. You're made for him. And he's for you. So he's just saying, hey, I came close. Would you come close? I moved into your neighborhood. Would you, 
welcome me into your home. That's what he's asking. So you go, well, how do I do that? Well, that's, the, the, in, in the scriptures it talks about it's by faith. So we actually literally just make room in our hearts for Jesus. We actually go, Jesus, I'm going to make room for you. And I actually want to, in, in the sense like where you, it's like a gift that you unwrap and you go, oh, and there you find, oh, I'm a child. <laughs> so you find a new identity. Oh, I, I don't have to fear death. You find a new future. And, and your heart is just, you receive the joy and peace of Jesus in faith. That's, that's where we start. And then, as I said, it's kind of like a, an apprenticeship. We just learn together how to walk with Jesus. That's a whole bunch of skills. It's not a whole bunch of ideas. <laughs> and we do it together. And that's kind of what we walk forward in. So, all of us, right, all of us here today are somewhere there in that spectrum. Maybe you see Jesus as a threat. Maybe you're like, hey! And maybe you're just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but I want to encourage you just to, if you need to lay down your guns, if you see him as a threat, then imagine putting down your guns and taking a step towards Jesus and not away. So I'm going to just lead us in a prayer. Um, and yeah, if you want to respond in prayer, that's great. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just welcome the creator amongst us.